hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including your statewide participation as we come at you on our syndicated, unprecedented statewide platform in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. I am back from vacation. Best and worst of the weekend is back after two weeks of the Voices of North Carolina tour. We will ask you the best and worst of what you saw in the sports universe and ask you why. We have great guests on college sports and the NFL. One of our favorites, Wes Durham of the new ACC Network, also the voice of the Atlanta Falcons, will be part of our number two. Darren Gant, one of our favorites on the NFL, drops by in our number three. The Antonio Brown helmet saga continues with the Raiders. The Panthers' backup quarterbacks looked horrendous with Cam Newton just cheering on from the sidelines as the Buffalo Bills took it to Carolina during my time in England. More on that with a little storytelling today. It wasn't just our family of four visiting one of the world's greatest cities historically, and I would argue still one of the world's greatest cities today. There was a sports angle. We saw an English Premier League soccer match. They have different terminology for some sports things and some other day-to-day -day things, even in another English-speaking country. But we enjoyed the Tottenham versus Aston Villa match. And whatever your answer to the question, this question is, I would argue that what I just witnessed in London belongs somewhere on the short list. What is the most intense fan-to-fan environment you've ever seen as an American spectator. I have been to the Super Bowl. I have been to Final Fours. I've been to Duke Carolina since the late 1980s. I've been to New York versus my hometown of Philadelphia sporting events. Theoretically, when you think rowdy, when you think nasty, when you think there might be a need for police on horseback, you think Philadelphia. Well, that's where I grew up. I know nasty. I know rude. I am not always proud of what those passionate, rabid Philadelphia sports fans do and have done over the years, but I've seen it from my front row seat. I have not seen many things more intense than just a simple, it was just a season opener. It was not like the world title was on the line. It was just Tottenham from the upper class of the English Premier League against Aston Villa from the lower class of that same international soccer league. It was really intense. Security was required. And just for fun and actually by chance, the Glenn family was seated exactly on the divide between the visiting fans and the home fans. You may not know this, but many modern soccer stadiums over there, football as they call it, are built with a security trench. Like, Spectators are not allowed to walk in this trench. It is only for people wearing neon vests and carrying batons and other weapons to take care of any misbehaving hooligans. We sat in the first row of Tottenham fans, immediately behind the final row of Aston Villa fans. So there were only a handful of thousands representing the visiting team. There were probably 60,000 representing the home team. We sat with the 60,000 but we got an eyeful of the several thousand representing the visiting underdog. It was one of the most intense things I've ever seen. And eventually, I saw maybe the largest security guard I've ever seen. 
when things got a little bit too intense. And I haven't seen this at Duke Carolina. Like in college football, if you enter the stadium and you look around, pick any rivalry, right? If South Carolina is visiting Clemson, well, then it's 90% Tiger Orange. And then it's like a pizza slice, right? You can see the Gamecocks garnet, right? Just in that slice of Death Valley. And if it was flip-flopped, of course, in Columbia, there's going to be sprinklings of orange among the garnet and vice versa. But the home fans overwhelmingly take over with their colors. And the visiting fans usually are really gravitating toward a handful of sections. Well, it is night and day the way they do things over there. And the Aston Villa fans were tightly wound into a handful of sections. And there was not a single jersey outside those sections. Everybody else was wearing Tottenham jerseys or their colors. And we were actually told as ticket purchasers, if you wear Aston Villa colors, you'll be thrown out of your luxury box. If you cheer for the visitors, we'll throw you out. Like, look in the fine print on your ticket. Now, I'm just an American trying to avoid an international incident. We have enough of those things. And in fact, in the Glenn family's time in England, we were both complimented for being from one of England's favorite countries of all time. You may not have known Winston Churchill himself said long ago in the context of World War II, England has never had a better friend than the United States of America. Now, there were also questions about what the heck has been going on here lately, but I won't get into that. I'll save it for another day as we welcome your calls on best and worst of the weekend. As I celebrated another birthday this weekend, and thank you for the cool food and cards and tweets and emails, I won't tell you the number. I'll just tell you that I'm still representing the 40-somethings and 50-somethings as I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, who represents the 20-somethings and 30-somethings. Since he is kind of smack dab in the middle of those two brackets, I am smack dab in the middle of those other two. We also have intern Will with us today. I have the NFL on my mind. I have college football on my mind. Not a bad time for a vacation, as it turned out, because not as much happened in the sports world while I was away as you would think. I mean, Darren, you know the deal. We've been together four-plus years at this point. I almost always take vacation in July because it is not close. Trust me, I've studied it many times. July is the slowest month on the sports calendar. It is not close. NBA finals end in mid-June or late June. NHL finals end in mid-June or late June. Of course, football ramps up in August. So you have July, which is with a few exceptions, tumbleweeds in the sports headlines. Well, for various reasons this time, I had to take a June vacation and an August vacation. We had a great time overseas, but I was surprised given that my two-week absence was in August. I thought I'd miss stuff. Like, what is the biggest thing that happened while I was gone in the sports world? I really don't – I don't think – not like, you know, a panther, a key panther got injured. I mean, there's a handful of starting quarterbacks named – for example, in our state, Wake Forest just named Jamie Newman their starter over a guy, Sam Hartman, who started nine games last year. You know, Carolina is trending toward the true freshman, Sam Howell, who is now going to practice moving forward, basically starting now. Uh, Four-star kid from in-state who originally was going to play for Florida State. Mac Brown shows up in Chapel Hill, recruiting tide turns in favor of the Tar Heels. And now this guy who enrolled early, so he went through spring practice, Jamie Newman, the guy with a heck of a backup at Wake. Sam Howell as a true freshman, that's not easy. Phillip Rivers worked out really well at NC State a long time ago as a true freshman, but usually there are a lot of painful growing pains. 
I don't think I missed a lot of big headlines. I mean, your your Red Sox are still long shots to make the Major League Baseball yeah, playoffs. Unfortunately. That was the case. Now, I'll give them best of the weekend. They've won five in a row. Yeah. I've got questions about the Panthers. Like, the backups looked horrible with Cam Newton not playing against Buffalo. I have Denny Hamlin as a NASCAR best of the weekend. I have Justin Thomas and Webb Simpson as golf best of the weekends. I have Twins and Red Sox as baseball best of the weekend. Steph Curry from off the court, a best of the weekend with a really cool story that happened while I was away. We'll get into storytelling today, including more of our trip to the other side of the pond. A quick congratulations to our friends at Sports Channel 8. Two of the DG Show Hall of Famers, contributors from the past, five-year producer Hayes Permar, and still part of our crew, Brian Geisinger, accsports.com, ACC Sports Journal, and of course our show here. Uh, they're up and running with Sports Channel 8, the radio show. They now ramp into us in the triangle portion of our statewide audience on 99.9 The Fan. So congratulations to those guys. They've been working at Sports Channel 8 for a long, long time. They went from a Saturday show. That's how I started in radio 20 or so years ago. Now they have an everyday show. We are thrilled that their show precedes ours in that very important part of our statewide audience. I mean, at this point, Darren, the family tree's got a lot of legs, right? It does. Josh Graham, former intern, follows us in the triad, another <laughs> huge part of our statewide audience. Hayes Permar, BG, Ben Swain, Josh Goodson, the rest of our friends there, Jonathan Rand, et cetera, those guys preceding us in that part of the listening audience. And there are other, other examples around the state. Huge congrats to Hayes and the rest of that crew for pulling that off. Quick thank yous to the folks who were here in my absence. Are you glad you had the Voices of North Carolina tour the last two weeks? Because I really don't think that whatever you produced – really stood in the way of a lot of big sports headlines. <laughs> really, right? It really didn't. Uh, maybe Antonio Brown continues to go even crazier would have been the biggest and only headline from the past two weeks. <laughs> I have thank yous related to the Voices of North Carolina tour. We have storytelling from London and the other side of the pond. I thank you for your birthday wishes. We have Ryan, Rick, and others who want in on best or worst of the weekend. We have two great guests later. I have quarterback updates, college and pro. How did Steph Curry make best of the weekend? What's up with Antonio Brown? Where do you stand on the Panthers safety Eric Reed versus Jay-Z stare down? We have audio from that. We have audio from the Raiders GM Mike Mayock on Antonio Brown's latest drama. Phenomenal wide receiver we all know by now, but also an unbelievable diva of a wide receiver. I've been following A.B. since he was in high school in the city of Miami. He was a drama queen then. And he's still a drama queen in 2019. More of my thoughts on that story and more of yours as we welcome your calls. 1-800-849-2761. Which two NFL teams are attracting the most Super Bowl bets in Las Vegas? The answers may surprise you. I'll give those to you on the other side. 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the extended sports weekend and why? What was the worst thing you saw and why? We'll hit those throughout the course of our three-hour show. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be next on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. 
The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Little London calling. First live show after the family trip to London. I appreciate that, Darren Gant. Intern Will is taking your calls, best and worst of the weekend. And otherwise, I have more sports-related storytelling from the other side of the pond. Rick, Ryan, and others want in on the best and worst of what they saw in the extended sports weekend. Backup Panthers quarterbacks Kyle Allen and Will Greer. The latter threw a pick six in that very ugly loss to the Buffalo Bills, our worst of the weekend. But among the best of the weekend, we'll get to the details why as we ask you where you stand on the Eric Reed versus Jay-Z debate of the day, 1-800-849-2761. And as we collect your ballots for best and worst of the weekend, former NC State wideout Jacoby Myers, now of the New England Patriots, former Duke quarterback Daniel Jones, now of the New York Giants, also best of the weekend, closer to home, Curtis Samuel, preseason MVP in the eyes of many Panthers fans. Remember that the team is back in Charlotte. So this year's Spartanburg camp is over. It's in the books. And virtually everybody, including the coaches, agree. Curtis Samuel, 2017 second-round draft pick out of Ohio State. He had that huge junior year with the Buckeyes, decided to turn pro early, second-round pick. Bad rookie year, in part because of injuries. A little bit better second year, 39 catches. Breakout guy of the last several weeks in Spartanburg. Today, by the way, the David Tepper era with a twist begins. He's not brand new, of course. But that indoor bubble, if you don't know the background of this, there are times that the Panthers have had to practice in, an, in a hotel ballroom because there was not an alternative to extreme weather once they moved back to Charlotte. Well, David Tepper has a new state-of-the-art kind of indoor bubble, which is going to make its debut today as the Panthers, of course, head toward their third preseason game. They visit the Patriots on Thursday. They have one more home preseason game after that. And then they host the Rams in the regular season opener. That's all the way on September 8th. As we welcome your calls, and I'll phrase the Eric Reed Jay-Z question this way as we give you some Eric Reed in his own words. Here, Darren, cue that up. Eric Reed on Jay-Z partnering with the NFL. Jay-Z, remember, started as a hip-hop artist, and now he's a billionaire with a B, music and media mogul. Jay-Z last year, and Darren, you're going to smile from ear to ear when I say this out loud. Just last year, Jay-Z rapped, I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. Now, I'm not sure I'm getting all those voice inflections right, Darren. I'm not ready to sing, <laughs> sing it for you. Lyrically, I, though, correct. <laughs> that's what Jay-Z rapped one year ago. And remember, this is the guy who supported Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick and their kneeling as the president and almost half of America was hopping mad about such things. This is a guy who turned down the opportunity specifically to perform at halftime of the Super Bowl, which, if you did not know, is not a directly impactful financial opportunity. Like, you're not getting big bucks to be the halftime performer, but, of course, the indirect financial impact and the exposure and the image, it's 100 million-plus people that watch the Super Bowl just in the United States, okay? He turned down specifically multiple times the chance to be the halftime performer. He supported Kaepernick. He has actually bragged in those lyrics and otherwise about his defiance toward the NFL on matters of racial injustice and social injustice, etc., 
Well, Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed are not happy that Jay-Z is now going to be a part owner of a team they haven't named yet. We don't know those details, but he's going to be part of ownership. He's jumping to the other side. We also know that he is partnering with them in a highly publicized social justice campaign. To Eric Reed, Jay-Z is selling out. And man, those are strong words in 2019 from man of color to man of color. And Jay-Z is the billionaire, and yes, Eric Reed is the millionaire. He's got a job, thanks to David Pepper and our Carolina Panthers. Colin Kaepernick, of course, is still without a job, and that sticks in Eric Reed's crawl as much as anything else. And to him, it's Jay-Z. He called it, quote, despicable, jumping to the ownership side when he sees three years of blackballing his good friend and fellow social justice activist Colin Kaepernick. Here's what Eric Reed said. We'll come to your best and worst of the weekend phone calls, and I'll phrase the question this way. By becoming a partner with the NFL, which he has criticized for years intensely, sometimes as much as Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed criticized the NFL, is Jay-Z, quote, selling out, or is he just putting himself in position to motivate the NFL from within to be more impactful? with, you know, they announced a $100 million campaign earlier this year, and many people rolled their eyes and said, oh, what's $100 million to the NFL? They're just trying to keep people quiet. They're just trying to look like they care when they really don't. And you know what the criticism is of Jay-Z? Oh, you're just offering the NFL cover. Now they have a famous black man as the face of the NFL in all these photos with Roger Goodell as they announced this new partnership this week. Is Jay-Z selling out? Or does Jay-Z have a chance to make even more impact as part of the NFL than he did on the outside? And there's no doubt he's going to benefit, right? He's got his rock nation. I mean, he's going to be a consultant on future musical performers at halftime of the Super Bowl. The NFL gets more yeses. for the, Remember how many were turned down? What did we end up with? Maroon 5 backed up by Travis Scott. And Travis Scott got harassed for saying yes to be the number two guy, right? There were a lot of no's. Jay-Z gives the NFL racial cover in the eyes of many. Jay-Z gives the NFL avenues into the parts of the music industry where they had been met with closed doors prior to this partnership. And you have to believe what you want to believe about how much or not the NFL actually cares about the social justice part of both its partnership with Jay-Z and the $100 million campaign announced earlier this year. one 800 849 2761. I will not rap for you today, but I will take your phone calls. Here's Eric Reed in his own words on Jay Z partnering with the NFL. Um, nobody, to my knowledge, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, talked about social justice before Colin started protesting. That was not a topic of the NFL's off the field. Um, and for Jay Z to come in and partner to address social justice, do it behind Colin's back get paid to do it and now he has a stake in the NFL team is just I don't have words and this was Eric Reed when he was asked specifically if in Eric's eyes he views Jay-Z as of course a sellout super sensitive language uh, in many contexts but certainly this one here's what Eric Reed said to that some people on social media are saying that Jay-Z is something like a sellout would you agree with that statement it's approaching that um, if Jay-Z is going to be an owner, <laughs> is Colin going to be signed the day he becomes the owner of the team? We'll see. 
I think he has a very small window with an ownership position to make a move to get Calvin on the field with whatever team he's on. Very small window. We are seeking a diverse set of points of view on this topic and others today. You can jump in with your best or worst of the weekend vote. You can jump in on Eric Reed versus Jay-Z. By partnering with the NFL, which he's criticized for years, is Jay-Z selling out, or is he just putting himself in even better position to help the NFL create actual change in our communities? You can chime in. I will as well. 1-800-849-2761. Quick reference, ESPN's Bomani Jones, writing at The Undefeated. He's a guy who actually was a guest host on here, here at the David Glenn Show for many years before he jumped to ESPN. He wrote this. He lumped in both Jay-Z and the Miami Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross. While I was in London, there was that back and forth between Dolphins player Kenny Stills and Stephen Ross over a combination of sports and politics that was very divisive, very confrontational. And in the end, the owner and the player basically said, we're going to disagree. We're not happy with each other, but we're just going to go about our business and agree to disagree. Bomani wrote this about Jay-Z and Stephen Ross, the Miami Dolphins owner. Maybe they can play both sides, helping the world and making Boku profits at the same time. But if they are forced to choose one, it is pretty clear which way they will go. The same way they have always gone, the one that made them billionaires. Poignant words from a guy who has often been that on matters of race and sports and USA. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Rick in Chapel Hill has the NFL on his mind. We'll get to his call on the other side. Ryan in Nashville has another best of the weekend. We'll tell you why Steph Curry made best of the weekend. Webb Simpson, Denny Hamlin, Justin Thomas, the Twins, the Red Sox, Daniel Jones, Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel, and more. Worst of the weekend is all over the place. Raiders wideout Antonio Brown is among those leading vote-getters. Some are voting Jay-Z worst of the weekend. Others, of course, are voting some combination of Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick worst of the weekend. The Panthers' offensive line against the Bills was a worst of the weekend. The Panthers' backups, not just the quarterbacks, but in general, worst of the weekend in that ugly loss to Buffalo. Team USA. Did we have more guys? What was the list of those who said no to playing for Greg Popovich, Mike Krzyzewski's successor as the head coach of Team USA, as they're playing in something called they now call the World Cup? The list of no thank yous from American basketball players was longer than the list of men on the roster as they are preparing for that international event. That was kind of embarrassing. And we do have some clarity on starting quarterbacks in our backyard. Not all have been official announcements the way we know Duke has Quentin Harris, or just this past week, Wake Forest announced it'll be Jamie Newman, the junior, over Sam Hartman, the sophomore. We have more clarity, if not official announcements, at all of these places, including ECU and UNC. Maybe NC State is the one still lingering out there the most as a two- or three-headed monster at the most important position on the field. App State has Zach Thomas back, remember. Uh, Quentin Harris is a fifth-year senior. He was announced long, long ago. The quarterback derbies continue, and we'll update you on those as well. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls on the other side. West Durham on College Sports next hour. Darren Gant on the NFL third hour. Mike Mayock, Raiders general manager, 
had an ultimatum for Antonio Brown, his new wide receiver, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll play Mayock in his own words as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761, next on The David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the leaping prairie chewing on grass. This is The David Glenn Show. show two guests later your calls now i'm back from london happy to be back special thanks to all those who were here in my absence over these last two weeks as we come back to your best and worst of the weekend phone calls we also have a floating question of the day from the nfl eric reed blasted jay-z for selling out in his eyes new partnership with the nfl stephen a smith of espn blasted eric reed for blasting jay-z and gave a long list of reasons why he felt that way you can chime in by becoming a partner with the nfl which he's criticized for years is jay-z selling out or is he putting himself in better position to actually motivate the nfl to be an actual social justice warrior 1-800-849-2761 one thing i promised and then your phone calls at that number antonio brown i think everybody knows is both a diva and one of the most productive wide receivers that the NFL has seen in a long time. In fact, in his nine seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers, how many people had more catches than he did? Zero. How many people had more receiving yards than he did? Zero. So he's the guy. And if you know his story, you might not know why he ended up at Central Michigan University and why he ended up being a sixth-round draft pick out of Central Michigan. He's from Miami. You've all heard South Florida, where I once lived, described as among the most fertile high school football recruiting turfs in the entire country. There's always a weird explanation when a super talent like Antonio Brown, rather than signing with, think about it, Miami's right there. They recruit their backyard. Florida State actually had a commitment from Antonio Brown when he was at Miami Norland High School. I am old enough that I remember Antonio Brown as a high school recruit at Norland High in Miami. There's always a fascinating explanation when a guy who starts putting up Hall of Fame numbers does so as a Central Michigan product and a sixth-round pick after his roots were right there everybody recruits south florida everybody i mean the seminoles got the commitment but the gators are there the canes are there georgia recruits there alabama recruits there iowa state recruits south florida i mean seriously dino babers at syracuse gets kids from south florida if you go to one of the bigger football high schools down there you will see seriously 50 different fbs programs walking the hallways talking to high school coaches checking out practice or video or whatever it is as intensely recruited as any part of our entire country so how does antonio brown of miami norland end up going from committed to florida state to a player at central michigan well short answer he's a complicated dude he's complicated with his attitude as the raiders are being reminded right now he's complicated at that point with his grades they weren't good enough to get into florida state Folks, I think you all know there's a spectrum 
There's NCAA minimums to be able to play FBS-level football. So you have to get above that bar. But then beyond that, different schools, you know, Duke and Boston College are admitting, on average, a much higher, Wake Forest fits this description as well, a much higher caliber student-athlete than Florida State is, okay? Florida State would be more SEC-like with its approach to academics and athletics. BC, Wake, Duke, and others would be more, not Ivy League, but toward the other end of the Power Five spectrum. I'll put it that way. Antonio Brown was not asked for a Rhodes Scholar type of biography when he was trying to get into Florida State. He didn't qualify. He actually ended up going to, have you ever heard, Darren Vaught, of a place called North Carolina Tech? I I kid you not. I only know this because I'm old and I covered recruiting. (laughs) No, I had no idea that existed. North Carolina Tech, I think it still exists. I know it existed because Antonio Brown played quarterback there in Charlotte, North Carolina, when his grades were so bad he couldn't get into Florida State. All right? So he's an amazing athlete. Miami Norland High School. Everybody wants to sign him. Nobody can sign him. He goes to North Carolina Tech, which I'll just say politely, was a complicated place that not everybody celebrated. And a few years after Antonio Brown left, and this is the theme, right? He couldn't get along with Big Ben in Pittsburgh. He's already got Mike Mayock, the Raiders GM, calling him out yesterday, saying it's time for Antonio Brown to be all in or all out. The helmet part of it is just one drama for A.B. He wants to use the same helmet he's been using for his whole football life, and it's been outlawed by the NFL because it's outdated by the NFL standards. He also had like a weird foot problem related to cryotherapy. He had to leave the country to get cryotherapy, and then he wore the wrong shoes to cryotherapy treatment and got frostbite as a result. I'm telling you, he was a drama diva at Miami Norland more than a decade ago. He was a drama diva at several different colleges and prep schools. A few years after he left North Carolina Tech, the NCAA said it was no longer accepting academic credentials of any kind from this place called North Carolina Tech. I am not endorsing or criticizing whatever they might be today, even if they still exist, and I don't know or care. But A.B. finds the school (laughs) that the NCAA says a couple years later, you know, we're not taking anything. Whatever you did there, it's all nice and good, but we're not accepting it. we're, We're putting you in a little bit of a different category because we're not impressed by how they do things there. So this is a guy who's been erratic and complicated and yet productive, all the way back to Miami Norland High School, sixth-round draft pick because of character questions and er- erratic behavior, et cetera. But the Steelers had one of their greatest draft picks of all time, right? If Tom Brady is that out of Michigan as a sixth-rounder for the Patriots, Antonio Brown, best wide receiver by the numbers for the last nine years in the NFL, sixth-rounder out of central freaking Michigan, that's got to be one of the great Steelers draft picks of all time. Well, this version of the drama, and I've seen it all now, high school, prep school, Central Michigan, and other colleges that wanted him, but for, I mean, he's either getting in trouble or failing out or fighting with the coaches or fighting with his teammates. It's just one thing after another since the kid was 16 years old. Now he's a 31-year-old man, which is getting older by NFL standards, but the Raiders took a chance because... For nine seasons with the Steelers, he was that good. By the way, you want to talk about erratic behavior. He signed a five-year deal with the Steelers, making him the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL 
and two years in demanded to be traded. You know, I love him as a player, but anyone kowtowing to his diva nature probably said that Terrell Owens was always doing the right thing as well. I respect his productivity. I don't respect his track record as a teammate or a player when it comes to doing the right things, making the right decisions, keeping your spats private. I mean, he's had, he has three different, he has five children from three different mothers, and he's had public spats with all of them. So, I mean, we all can have spats with our significant others. That's not the point. But they became public because, of course, it's A.B., You know, Big Ben and Antonio Brown, they have spats as QB wide receiver. It becomes public because, oh, it's it's A-B. Cryotherapy plus I want my helmet. He actually said that the NFL is, quote, super prejudiced because he's not allowed to use his helmet, which was made so long ago that it's just a rule. If If your helmet is no longer meeting current standards, remember the NFL is being sued in part for not caring enough about their player safety. So they adopt rules saying, well, this, these helmets, your head being the most important, have to be up to these standards. And we're sorry if some of our other models aren't as comfortable with your field of vision or the comfort level or whatever, but it has to meet our safety standards. So you can't both criticize the NFL for not caring about safety and then criticize the NFL for phasing out outdated helmets like the one Antonio Brown is using. I don't blame Raiders GM Mike Mayock one ounce for what he said. I think it was over the weekend. Darren will cue up the audio. Antonio Brown is a guy worth taking a chance on. He is a guy that as long as the productivity outweighs the diva-style drama, you do want him on your team. But you're a knucklehead for wearing the wrong shoes at cryotherapy, which, by the way, is not even generally accepted as a helpful medical practice. So you're leaving the country just to get it. And there's probably big letter signs on the door saying, don't forget to wear your cryotherapy shoes. Instead, he gets frostbite. That's how you reward the Raiders for taking a chance on you. And rather than getting your tail out on the practice field to reward the Raiders for taking a chance on you, you have, what has he been to, two days? Two days. As Mike Mayock said, there's 89 guys busting their tails. Here's how the Raiders GM put it over the weekend. Uh, You all know that A.B. is not here today, right? So here's the bottom line. He's upset about the helmet issue. Uh, We have supported that. We appreciate that. Okay, but we've, at this point, we've pretty much exhausted all avenues of relief. So from our perspective, it's time for him to be all in or all out. Okay, so we're hoping he's back soon. We got 89 guys busting their tails. We are really excited about where this franchise is going, and we hope A.B. is going to be a big part of it starting week one against Denver. End of story. No question. Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus. How can you tell he's lying? Anybody know? His lips are moving. Drew Rosenhaus (laughs) responded to the comments from Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager, by saying... It's not a situation where all avenues have been exhausted. They did speak back and forth, agent to GM, several times just yesterday. Rosenhaus claimed earlier today on ESPN's Get Up show, we are on the same page. We are working together. We're trying to iron this out so everything can go smoothly the rest of the season. We are looking for a permanent solution. Rosenhaus said, 
He, uh, my guy, Antonio Brown, is a wide receiver. He gets hit across the middle. He's a big target. This is his life. He's risking everything. He's got a family. He's had a concussion before. This helmet has kept him safe. He's had brutal hits. We're just trying to find a way to work it out. Has every avenue been exhausted? Almost all avenues have been exhausted. They actually put out an APB. Do you have, anybody in America, anybody in the world, do you have a helmet made by this company? It has to be 2010 or later, and it has to be a certain model. Well, the company says it stopped making that model right around 2010, but there's like random tweets and emails saying, I got a 2014 model that might pass NFL muster, but when AB finds one, and takes it to the NFL. To this point, they have rejected the more recent versions for, assumedly, falling short of safety standards, just like the one that A.B. apparent He claims he's been using this certain model since he was at Miami Norland High School. I, I don't know about that. I think that's a little weird. When you go from high school to college to the NFL, you're not usually bringing your own helmet with you. Like, you go to a school and they give you your helmet, Right. So take that for whatever it's worth. A.B. is still not playing football for the team that took a chance on him after he was such a diva with the Steelers that they eventually, while celebrating his productivity, again, seven Pro Bowls in nine years is about as good as it gets. He was on the Madden NFL 2019 cover, Antonio Brown. Does that qualify as a jinx or is this a delayed jinx? How does that work? You're usually jinxed in the season you're on it, right? Right, that's it's typically called, how it works. It's called 2019, but that's not the current edition of the game, right? Wouldn't the current edition be called 2020, or is it called 2019? Correct. Current edition is okay. going to be 2020. So are mistake. there delayed Madden cover jinxes? Because A.B. had a good year last year when he was technically on the cover. Now he's not exactly on the current cover, but he's got frostbite from cryotherapy, and he's only been to one or two at Raiders practices. That sounds like a jinx to me, and I don't even believe in jinxes. 1-800-849-2761. Your phone calls. A lot of folks want to get in on a lot of things. I'm just back from London, man. I got to get some of these things off my chest. I thank you for waiting. Steve and Ryan and Jim and others will be next. West Durham on College Sports next hour. Darren Gant on the NFL third hour, including the Antonio Brown helmet saga and the Eric Reed versus Jay-Z debate. Your phone calls, those great guests, and more. We're glad you're a part of it on the David Glenn Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. Um, <laughs> you know, I hope it's not like a hand to hug to hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. Mike and Raleigh has a great observation to make. Antonio Brown is in the middle of a headache can't get an nfl approved helmet that he's comfortable with still dealing with frostbite from cryotherapy gone wrong mike and raleigh remembers that the antonio brown madden nfl 19 cover which may or may not be a jinx if you believe in such things now that ab the seven-time pro bowler but now 31 year old wide out for the raiders he's brand new to the raiders aren't most of us at our best when we go from one employer to the other, like I'll show you all my warts later, you know, a month or two, six by year, two or three, you'll know what a jerk I am in every way. But we try to be our best when we're new. Well, he shows up, gets the Raiders to take that huge money, the rest of it that the Steelers had signed him to that five-year deal. 
and he's freezing his toes off accidentally and not showing up to practice with, as Mike Mayock of the Raiders said, the 89 guys who are busting their tails. Well, A.B. is one of the highest-paid dudes on the team. You can't go from alienating people at Miami Norland to North Carolina Tech to Central Michigan and other universities to the Pittsburgh Steelers and already do this and get the benefit of the doubt from me. Mike has a, an interesting angle that I was unaware of, and we welcome him to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go right ahead. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, this is Mike, and the, I think the Madden curse is alive and well, even though it is slightly delayed because the player motion platform that Madden rolled out is called Frostbite. Frostbite. And if you look at the Antonio Brown Madden cover, it says, Frostbite, right on the Madden cover. <laughs> and how would you say in layman's terms, what does that a- aspect of the game do for the Frostbite aspect? Basically, it was just EA Sports' new way of trying to make the game a little more realistic and uh, not like a computer game, moving more like natural player motion. Some people believe that there's no such thing as coincidences in the world. I, I have friends who are deeply spiritual, deeply religious I'm not on board with the there's no such thing as coincidences. I personally don't believe it. But in that alternative universe, I mean, I want to hear some Twilight Zone music in the background, right? Antonio Brown, the launch of Frostbite, Madden cover, the jinx is in. And now he has Frostbite on his feet as he's essentially a holdout, although that's not technically the term. He's not mad at his contract. He just can't find a helmet he's comfortable with. He's claiming the NFL is prejudiced against him. And, oh, yeah, he he wore the wrong shoes to his cryotherapy sessions in France. I was in Europe. I didn't have any problems with wearing the right shoes, and we did a lot of walking around. You know what I think the problem is, Darren? It's a language problem. Dating back to Miami, Norland, other people are speaking English to Antonio Brown, and he still doesn't understand what they mean. He just keeps running into drama after drama after drama. Did you know with that in mind, in England, it's not an elevator, it's a lift. Did you know that? Yeah. (laughs) It's not a vacation, it's a holiday. Now, these are both English-speaking countries, right? It's not a parking lot, it's a car park. It's not a movie, it's the cinema. It's not a detour when you're driving, it's a diversion. Of course, it's not a bar, we know them well. It's a pub. It's not the sidewalk, it's the pavement. It's not an attorney, it's a barrister or a solicitor. Maybe AB's having those kind of problems. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo U and Agriculture U. I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show.